I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. It's like this is almost normal. Like this is comfortable to me because this is all I kind of know. Yeah. So that when it's comfortable and it's familiar, that feels safe to you. And so you continue with those experiences because it's kind of, it's just familiar. And to your brain, familiarity and comfort is safe. That's so true. Just when you can recognize that. And yeah, it's, it's a practice. Like it's probably, it might not just take you one go. Yeah. It's, it's re- defining what safety is for you and redefining how, how do you want to identify like do you want to be that anxious person or do you want to be someone in a calm state and it's just knowing that you can change that like you have the power to change anything in your life welcome to the calm mom podcast the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express i know you've got a lot going on you work so hard you're raising an incredible family and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Grosser. So grateful you're here today. You guys are in for a treat. Today we have a conversation with my friend Tara Swan. She is just so incredible. She's an emotional empowerment coach, fellow mom. She has two beautiful boys. But guys, for real, this has been one of my favorite conversations we've had on the podcast. 
Tara's story is just, it's so relatable. She's so smart, like so stinking smart. She's so kind. She's kind of that person that you hear or meet and you're like, I just want to be friends with her. Um, but in this conversation, she really shares about a season in her life where her anxiety was crippling, like so crippling. It was so hard for her to even leave the house. And as a result, she just wasn't showing up. She wasn't showing up as the mom, the businesswoman, the friend, right, that she knew that she was called to. And what she did was that she got serious about her holistic health. She got serious about her mindset work. She got serious about her mindfulness practices and mostly her emotional empowerment work. And because of that, you know, now her main passion in life is really just to help others do exactly what she did, which is transform her anxiety, transform her low confidence transform her self-doubt, and really replace all of that with lasting, unconditional happiness and self-love. She is launching her own incredible program on April 3rd, so this is so timely right around the corner. It's called Becoming Her, where she's teaching women how to embrace and thrive as their raw, authentic selves and do it all unapologetically. So enjoy this conversation. You guys will find the information to her program, Becoming Her, and all of her other contact info in the show notes so you can make sure to connect with her and follow along because I know that she is a voice in this space that is so important. And I really want you guys to be able to continue to connect with her, learn from her, and just be a part of her space and her community. So enjoy this conversation with Tara Swan. So excited. We have my friend Tara Swan on the show today. Tara, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So Tara is an emotional empowerment coach. She's also a fellow mom. She has two beautiful boys. I'm believing you guys are going to learn. You're going to be equipped. You're going to be empowered. But before we kind of jump into all of that, I just want to know more about kind of your journey to where you are today, your professional journey, your personal journey has kind of played a part and a role in, in the path that you've taken. So tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I mean, if I was to tell you everything, that would take a really long time. I, so I've been someone that struggled with chronic anxiety and depression for most of my life. I I think from about age 12, possibly even younger till right up till 31. And so much happened throughout that time. I went through a bit of a health journey. So I like had multiple health issues. Doctors couldn't help me. They all kept prescribing me different band-aid fixes and ended up fed up and healed my body with whole food nutrition. And that was at age 23. So that was kind of the start of my journey. That was 11 years ago now. That was the start of my journey. That's when I became really passionate about health. I was like, why aren't we taught what this is in school? Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to study further into health into nutrition, but I didn't really find anything that aligned with me as well. My anxiety kind of stopped me from a lot of things as well. When I was 29, I had my first baby and then I had my second baby boy when I was 31. And that's when everything kind of changed for me. I remember he was seven weeks old and I, it was winter and I just had a new baby and I kind of used that as, as an excuse to never leave my house. Like mm. it was had nothing to do with the fact that I had a new baby or that it was winter. It was the fact that I just didn't want, didn't want to leave my four walls because my anxiety was so bad. Yeah. And 
I had a friend reach out to me. She was in network marketing at the time, a part of a holistic health program. And she kind of said to me, hey, like, I think you'd be amazing at this because she knew I was passionate about health. And I kind of looked at it and thought, oh, God, that's like way out of my comfort zone. I don't know. (laughs) But at the same time, I would look at my boys and think, you know, if I don't change something about my life, they're going to grow up within these four walls. They're going to pick up like my anxiety. They're going to not really know life as the way I've always dreamed it to be, as the way I've always wanted my life to be. So I decided to say yes to that opportunity. And that's like the most pivotal time in my life because I didn't realize how much business would be a personal development journey. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cool, I'll start a business, you know, like I can, I can do that maybe. I started and I was like, wow, I kind of need confidence to be able to do this. Like I kind of need to not have anxiety to be able to do this. And that's when I was like, okay, like I saw the bigger vision. I was like, I need this for my boys. I wanted to pay off some debt. I was on maternity leave. I knew that my life had to change in some way because I was so fed up with just living in the same state for my entire life. And, you know, like it was so bad at points where the only time I could go out to social events or meet people is to have a drink or have something you know so yeah I knew something had to change I started that and that's when I started practicing you know the smaller things like gratitude and really focusing on my mindset and reading more books and listening to more podcasts and it kind of slowly but surely got better so my health improved my physical health improved my anxiety improved but I still struggled with a lot of fears Mm. and so my as much as I tried in my business, I could only reach as far as I was like willing to improve in myself. Yeah. I kept hitting this like glass ceiling, right? I kept, I couldn't get any further. I had this huge block. I was scared to post videos. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get any further if I'm so afraid of speaking? And that was a massive thing I was, I was scared of. So my health coaching so it started as wellness coaching I I studied health coaching I went into one-on-one coaching a bit more I realized that I was more passionate about working with people's mindset than anything so that sort of evolved into mindset coaching and then my biggest transformation took place when I started realizing how much my emotion was holding me back how much my emotion was behind every fear that I held yeah and when I started releasing emotions, that was when my biggest transformation took place. And I was like, this, this is what I should be teaching people about because that's where I freed myself completely from my anxiety. Like I no longer struggle with anxiety attacks or any sort of anxiety in my life. And if I do, I I can sit with it knowing that it is an emotion behind it. And I can sit with that and release it before anything else happens. And so that's where like that's where my emotional empowerment comes into play it's like when you release emotions when you know what they're there for when you know that they're guiding you back to you that's when you can step into your empowerment and so I was like this is what I'm teaching people about you know and yeah that's how it evolved into emotional empowerment coaching that's beautiful I resonate with so much of that because for me just discovering my own emotions and the process of releasing them like maybe only in the last couple of years, that's something that I've like even been aware of. And the more that I practice it and embody it, it's changed so much. I want you to share specifically with your anxiety, but 
I know for me, even with this podcast journey, at the beginning of it, I would get so nervous. I remember my first episode I ever recorded. I didn't even have a guest. It was just me. And like, I needed everything. I was like, if I didn't have the perfect night's sleep, I was like, nope, I can't record today. People are going to send my energies off or whatever it is. And now I've just developed so many new practices. I had an interview this morning and I was so nervous for it for some reason. And my heart was pounding and all of the anxiety coming up. And, and similar, now I have tools in place to deal with that. And I'm like five minutes before I'm in my office, just jumping all around and shaking and doing all these different somatic practices, then sitting down, breathing, different things to just allow myself to release that anxiety. And then the minute the interview starts, man, I feel so focused and good and the anxiety is gone, but I can think back five, seven, eight, 10 years ago in law school, having to stand up and do a mock trial. And my voice was quivering and I could barely function because the anxiety was crippling. So I think, I think that's a message that just needs to be sent so much louder because I think so many people are just like, Oh, this is how I am. I'm, I'm just an anxious person. I just have anxiety, right? It's not, I'm experiencing anxiety or whatever. It's like, I, I'm just anxious. And I think a lot of my clients and a lot of the women I run into are experiencing anxiety. So with that in particular, tell me how, what was your journey like through learning how to release it? And then maybe even some of your favorite practices or like to say you live with very little anxiety is like a unicorn these days. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I never thought I could live without anxiety. It was something I identified with having, like, I am anxious. I have anxiety. Like, it was like a part of my identity. I didn't think that there was anything outside of that. I didn't know any different. Hmm. And so, yeah, to to know now, like, and this is what I try and tell people as well, you don't have anxiety, a part of you feels anxious. Or like there's a there's a just a part of you. You're you are not anxious, like you don't have anxiety. Yeah. So different. yeah, it's, it's completely different. And when you can do that, you can kind of observe it as like, oh, this is just a part of me, yes. you know, instead of being like, this has overtaken me and my entire body is like out of control now, which is something I'm so familiar with. Cause I was like looking for it, but I have this book right here on my, by my desk called no bad parts. And it's by ah. words from like IFS work and parts work, but I'm reading it now. And it's like, it's exactly that. Like there's no bad parts of us, even our anxiety, right? It all serves a purpose. And when we can see it removed, I think that's kind of what you're getting at changes the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I haven't read that book, but I'm going to add that to the list now. I love, I love his work. Yeah. So a lot of, I guess, what he teaches as well. And what I've, what I've learned from other teachers is that those parts of you that feel anxious, they're kind of protecting a part of you that has been hurt in the past. And it's most likely your inner child, like a part of you that feels that way. Mm. And when you can get to that root, that's when you can fully release it. There are many, many practices you can do to release emotions and release anxiety. Like you said, shaking, like dancing around, those somatic practices, they're beautiful, breath work. But it really has been when I've sat with my body, felt into my body and been like, what, what part of me feels anxious right now? when was the first time that I felt this Mm. what am I feeling right now like where is that in my body and I'll tell you a story so I this was when it all sort of started changing for me I in the early days of my business announced that I was going to hold a free live training and I thought yeah okay I can do this announced it as soon as I announced it 
I had this wave of anxiety come over me. I was like pacing my house thinking, how the hell am I going to do this? I <laughs> like, I can't speak to people. I barely want to leave my house and run into people at the shops because I can't speak to people that much. Like I, I was like, I cannot hold a free life training. Like what if I say, say the wrong thing? Anyway, all of these thoughts were going on in my mind and I was just like in a like this high-stressed, anxious state. I was working with a coach at the time and all she said to me was, your thoughts are attached to feelings. If you can sit with those feelings or emotions, your thoughts will disappear as a byproduct. And so I did that. I just sort of sat with it. I was like, okay, I feel this right now. I dropped into my body and I could literally feel where it was in my body. And I can't remember if it was my stomach or my chest, but it was like it was there, you know, I could feel it. As I sat with it and just observed it, I like I could feel it actually move up and out of my body. I felt that energy because that's what emotions are, right? They're just energy. When I felt that energy released from my body, that's where I found clarity on where that anxiety had stemmed from in the first place. And it was a simple thing in childhood, right? It was my sister like teasing me for saying the wrong thing or like criticizing me and saying so and she kind of did that over a period which was just like she was just my sister I love my sister so much (laughs) but I made that belief something about myself that I was stupid that I could never say the right thing and that's where my fear of speaking had stemmed from it was stemmed from my childhood when I had clarity on that that in itself was enough for me to be like oh that's the root of it like I okay, that's okay. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I don't have to believe that. Yeah. And within a day, I'd overcome my fear of speaking. And I was able to show up to that live training with absolute confidence in myself. Yeah. And we don't realize how many of those little things that we're holding on to from the past, well, they could be big. Like a lot of us hold trauma. Well, all of us hold trauma of mm. some description, right? Yes. Some, some's big, some are just small things like that. Like mm-hmm. your sibling teasing you yes. <laughs> in your life. But when you're holding on to that as a child, because your subconscious is formed as a child, right? And that dictates 95% of your behavior as an adult. Yeah. When you're holding on to that experience from your childhood, which we do, we then unconsciously create circumstances in our life that reinforce that belief or that feeling that we're holding on to. When we can get to the root of that and make what's in our subconscious conscious Mm -hmm. that's when we can make the biggest changes Mm. so I love saying to people yeah like yeah gratitude journaling like meditation all those things are amazing but unless you're like doing it with really powerful intention unless you're doing it to bring up what's in your subconscious it's only going to help you so much yeah. You know, because that it really is where the biggest transformation takes place. So we hold on to all of these little things that happen to us in our childhood, whether big or small, and they create the reality that we're living in now and the experiences we have and the conversations we have with people, the beliefs that we hold. So yeah, if you really want to change your life, this is the work. Like being able to release those emotions from the past, that's the work. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think for me, kind of what I was thinking of all you're saying about the story about your sister. And then the minute you were able to realize that and kind of where it stemmed from, you were able to release it. And, and I've done practices like that too. And it's always a reminder of like, I am so much more 
equipped than I was when I was nine years old, right? I'm so much more resilient now. I have tools now. I can handle rejection or, you know, someone criticizing me in a way that maybe I couldn't when I'm nine and like, thank you anxiety, but I don't need you on as high alert anymore because I have other skills and other tools and a different kind of support system and all of this maturity I've gained over the years. And that's such a beautiful reminder too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We have so many tools now and we're really lucky if we don't have tools, there are thousands upon thousands of people out there that are, that want to help us and provide those tools to us. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. For your practice, I'm just curious because you're a mom too. Like, is this something where when you're experiencing anxiety, then you have something that you do? Or do you have like a daily practice that kind of helps the anxiety stay Bay or what's a practice someone could actually start and like a practical step for them? Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely have my daily practices. Every morning, I do my journaling, and like I try and get fit in a bit of dance, bit of a dance session every day. The last couple, last week or two weeks ago, I was having morning rage sessions just because I felt like I didn't realize how much anger I was holding on to. So I was like throwing my pillow on the ground, screaming into my couch cushion, like just letting all this anger out. And that was really beautiful. That was so powerful. But there are different things you can do in different moments. So I definitely would say to anyone, like start a morning routine or just have some sort of daily practice to keep you grounded, to keep Mm -hmm. you in a space of like joy, because there are different things you can do to influence your emotions to put yourself in that high vibe state. But definitely when things arise, like if you have anxiety arise, you can you can thank it, like befriend it because it is showing up for you. It's showing up because there's a part of you that wants to be held, heard, you know, nurtured. But if you've got anxiety arising, like you said before, shake it out, like shake your whole body, move, dance. If it's anger, like do, do what I did, have a rage session, like scream into a pillow and breathe it out. If you feel sadness, like cry, cry until you've got nothing left and then breathe, like sit back, sit up straight and breathe into it. Mm. Emotions are showing up for us. They're always showing up for us. And it's when we can learn to embrace them, sit with them, 
release them that we find our freedom. And a lot of the time we, well, I mean, we're taught as children, right, to not, a lot of us were taught, I should say, to not feel our emotions, like don't cry, you know. Especially um, the quote-unquote bad ones, right, like the anger or the sadness or whatever's uncomfortable for someone else at the moment I guess (laughs) exactly yeah exactly like you're not you're not allowed to experience those emotions so we're unconsciously pushing those emotions down and we feel like as they arise in the moment like we just naturally suppress them and we think that that's almost like a healthy habit that that's something that we should be doing yeah but really that's just contributing to our like emotional distress that's contributing to our anxiety when, and I believe anxiety is just suppressed emotion. Like it it is just suppressed emotion because when you're triggered, when something triggers your anxiety, it's a part of you that has emotion held from your past that is being triggered. And that's the reason you can't stay present Mm -hmm. in that moment is because there's something you're holding onto from the past that is affecting your now and affecting your future. So yeah. And yeah, just experiencing the emotion, like almost observe it as a as another person as well. Like, okay, say it out loud. Like, I feel sadness right now. I feel angry right now. And if you're not in a space where you can actually express that, say you're out in public and you don't want to start screaming yeah. in public like a crazy person. And <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like oh, take that, wait till you get home, mm-hmm. put yourself mentally, put yourself back in that position and allow yourself to experience that emotion then. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that either. So, but it's giving yourself that time space, that safe space to allow yourself to do that. And that is true self-love, if you ask me. I agree. And I think that safe space is so key. I know for myself in my journey with my emotions, like a big, one of the biggest hurdles was just overcoming my own judgment of my own emotions. And like, I think in my head first, like cognitively understanding and telling myself it was safe and okay to express anger or I could cry. And that didn't mean I was weak or whatever story I had going on, but it has taken a while for my body to actually be able to embody that trust and be able to let those emotions release. Cause I would want to do it and understand why it was important for me. And then I would sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to have a, have an anger burn and and all these things. Nothing would come up because my body was so used to that as deep as it can be, which has been an interesting journey to just convince myself and my nervous system that it's okay to express this. Yeah, I get that. I think a lot of our nervous system is set, right? It's so set in its ways. Like it's what we've experienced growing up and, and it's like, this is almost normal. Like this is comfortable to me because this is all I kind of know. Yeah. So that when it's comfortable and it's familiar, that feels safe to you. And so you continue with those experiences because it's kind of, it's just familiar. And to your brain, familiarity and comfort is safe. That's so true. Just when you can recognize that. And yeah, it's, it's a practice. Like it's probably, it might not just take you one go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's redefining what safety is for you and redefining how, how do you want to identify? Like, do you want to be that anxious person or do you want to be someone in a calm state? And it's just knowing that you can change that. Like you have the power to change anything in yes. your life. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like just reminding yourself that it is safe to feel your emotions and know that if the, if you don't feel safe to express your emotions, if your nervous system is so like frozen yeah. and afraid to allow your body's afraid to allow you to feel that, 
just mm-hmm. remind yourself that it is safe and keep trying, like yes. keep going with it. And it, it is something from your childhood. It's something that you were told as a child, like mm-hmm. big boys or girls don't cry. Like, you know, you shouldn't be angry about that. It's not okay to feel that emotion right now. It can be like, for me personally, it was, it was those things over time. Um, you know, if I got angry at a sibling or something, I was kind of sent to my room, like go and deal with that by yourself. <laughs> and that created a lot of how I managed my emotions, which wasn't healthy for most of my life, which obviously contributed to my anxiety as well. Yeah, I can, I, that, I can definitely relate with that. And I think part of it too, is just a tragedy, but I think in the school system, corporate culture, Western culture, what have you, it's just the things that are praised are not the healthy things. Oh, he's so tough. She's so tough. She's so, you know, whatever it is that doesn't allow the the less we express those emotions, the more we're celebrated for how we show up. And it's just reinforcing those really bad habits. Yeah. 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 And I want to, that's something I want to change. I think I want to change that. And show people that it's okay to cry show people that it's actually you're more powerful when you do you're more powerful when you do express and embrace all emotions you can't have the light without the dark right you can't experience the full contrast of those you can't experience the the top of joy happiness you can't live in that state unless you've experienced in their depths all of those lower vibrational emotions as well and it's when you can embrace those that you can really really experience as those higher vibrational emotions. Like you cannot have one without the other. If you want to experience the contrast, you need to allow yourself to go into the depths of your pain. And when you do that, it's temporary. Mm. Like if you're not allowing yourself to fully experience the depths of your pain, it's going to keep repeating in your life in different ways. When you can allow yourself to be in that, as painful as it might be temporarily, you actually free yourself long-term. Yeah. We can't just choose which emotions are dulled, right? It's like, if they're dulled, they're all dulled. And what a tr- like, no, none of us want to go through life without living and experiencing that full expression of all the beauty that there is and all the joy and all the gratitude and all the love and all the laughter and all of those things that can be motivating for us to feel the lows also and know that they come together. I love that. We spoke about in your morning practice with the journaling. And I want to hear a little bit, your take on just mindfulness and the role that that plays overall with our nervous system and our emotions and just being present as a mom, business owner, all the other spaces that you feel like how, talk to us about the importance and then kind of how you stay mindful. Yeah. I mean, I'm not definitely not perfect. I'm a human too. There's times where I, allow things to get on top of me. There's times where my boys like <laughs> are so full on in some days where I just want to scream, yeah. which I've allowed myself to do too. Sometimes I'll just go into my room and scream into my pillow yeah. just so I can like let it out. But mindfulness, journaling to me helps me almost get everything out of my head and onto paper. It helps me mm-hmm. see it from like a different perspective and it helps me process things at a, at a slower pace because I can writing it out, right? Mm-hmm. That clears the clutter from my mind a lot of the time. As well, I practice gratitude and I really delve into the emotion and the emotion of the thing that I'm grateful for. Like, why am I so grateful for that in my life? What emotion does that create in my life? And I I love that so much. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I just think it's so good because I think so many people think 
I have a gratitude practice. I just write like three things I'm grateful for. Or I say, thank you. And I get a gift or I write, thank you notes. Like I practice gratitude. And it's like, that's all super beautiful. But gratitude is like an embodied experience. Yeah. It's not just a word that you say, or like a nice, like little note that you write. It's so much richer and deeper than that. And I love that. That's, that's where you're taking it. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be like that, or it really doesn't have the same effect. Like my gratitude practice started with two to three things and I was like, cool, I'm grateful for this in my life. But as I started practicing it more and more, I was like, wow, like there is so much. And oh my God, how does that make me feel in my life? And that's how you start really creating that joy and that comfort, that contentment in your life. Mm. But that helps me stay present, stay like grounded in where I'm at. And that is kind of the foundations of my mindfulness practice because then when I can go out and talk to other people or I can be a mother or something, if I notice things arising, if I notice emotions arising, I can observe it instead of be in it. Mm. Like, And that that to me is mindfulness, just observing, being the observer of what's happening in your body, in your mind, as opposed to allowing it to take over and create conflict and create drama in your life. Because when you can see it as an observer, you are coming from a different place. You're like, this is showing up for me. Or if someone else is triggering you or if you're finding yourself judging someone else, you can be like, why am I doing that? Like, how, why is that showing up for me? Is that a mirror for me right now? When you can really be in that space, when you do this work, it helps you it helps you be mindful of what other people might be experiencing in their own life as well. Yes. And that's me, like that's being mindful. If someone else is having a hard day and they're like not acting appropriately, you can have compassion for them because you've also been there. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also it just goes so hand in hand with the emotions. Cause I think we're all running at the speed of life. Right. And it's very hard to know how our emotions are feeling in our body and how we're able to best move them and and release them. If we're not even noticing how they're showing up, we're just like, man, I've had this like side ache for two weeks now. And like, we don't stop to like actually, you know, connect with that or be aware of anything that's going on around us. It's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. I want to hear a little bit more about the health journey too. Tell us a little bit about the practices that you started to put in place to really turn your health around. And then maybe some ways that we can start to do that too holistically, just to be even more mindful of, of those health practices. Yeah. Well, there's been a couple of big moments in my life. Like when I mentioned I was 23 and I had multiple health issues, like I had so many different things. So asthma, psoriasis, it was my autoimmune, IBS, anxiety, depression, candida, what else? Hay fever. Like there was all of these things that I could list them. And it was when like the doctor would give me different pills for different things. And I was like, I cannot live like this. Like mm. there's got to be a different way. And I believe all of these things are symptoms. Yeah. Like they, I was diagnosed with all of these things, but they should not be a diagnosis. These are symptoms. Mm. Our, our body can live in a state, like a natural state, where we don't experience, experiences, experience those illnesses or those, that disease in our body. And 
I didn't realize any of this. All I did was start doing my own research and I cut out everything from my diet basically. Okay. Like that was the extreme. I was That's how lame. you started. That's how I started. That was, yeah, because I was in such an extreme state. I remember being in my room, laying in bed in my dark room, and I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm. Just feeling so disgusting. Like I felt so run down and just ick. Yeah. And so started doing my own research, cut out all of these things from my diet, meat, dairy, wheat, gluten, sugar, yeast. I was basically living on vegetables and water for a couple (laughs) of weeks. And then I started reintroducing things like fruit and started reintroducing and I'm not saying everyone needs to go to those extremes. Like I was an extreme in an extreme place, yeah. but I needed to go through that to realize what I was actually putting in my body. Wow. And it was within a few weeks that I remember waking up with complete clarity. I woke up a different person, like, like I'd been cleansed. And I was like, this is crazy. Why aren't we taught these things in school? And it was when I started my business actually the network marketing company that I joined had a whole food supplement. And that's when I kind of realized as well that we aren't actually getting everything we need from our Mm. diet. Like we're not getting all the nutrients we need because our soil is so depleted now. And it's the nutrients we get from our soil, the microbes we get from our soil that really nourishes our body. But what happens is like it's everything is connected. Mm. When we are correcting our health, we are correcting our gut, we're correcting the microbiome balance in our gut, and that is directly connected to our brain. Yeah. So our gut and our mind are directly connected. If we are correcting our gut health, we're correcting our mental health at the same time. And on the flip side, when we're stressed, anxious, that is also throwing out the balance of the good and bad bacteria in our gut as well. So that also leads to craving craving more sugary foods or, you know, craving more caffeine or whatever it is. So it's like it can either be a downward spiral or, or an upward spiral. It's just a choice. We just have to choose that we want to nourish our body so that we can nourish our mind and we can do our mindset practices to also nourish our body. Yeah. So everything is connected and it's like it's like putting both into into place so that we can really holistically like improve our overall health, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I tried all of these different things, yeah. right, for my autoimmune. Not, none of it really helped. Mm. When I started releasing emotions, that's when it cleared up. Mm. And I'm like, that is how our emotional body, our, our stress, anxiety contributes to our physical health. That's how it manifests on our body, basically. It affects us to cellular level. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. There's so much power in it. I agree. Like I know people, you know, we all have our complaints about the school system. It's like, we should be teaching, you know, finance courses and budgeting and taxes and all of these things. But like, there needs to be so much better emotional education and like there's the holistic type health that you're talking about mind body soul spirit all of it it's like so so important you can't just focus on one area they all affect each other human beings our whole body yeah exactly and then then our environment around us as well yes 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 true all of it is connected yeah incredible ma'am 
Oh, this has been so good. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I've been encouraged. Can you share with our audience where they can find you and connect with you? And maybe too, like if you have courses or what coaching, like just tell them where they can get more of you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. It's been really fun, actually. Yeah. So the best place to find me is definitely on Instagram. Okay. So my Instagram handle is at it's Tara Swan, I-T-S-T-A-R-A-S-W-A-N-N. I do, I have a group program that I'm running at the moment and I'm looking at relaunching that possibly in January, but I also have another little thing brewing in the background okay. that may, may trump that, that may replace that. Okay. <laughs> Teasing us. Yeah. I'm not going to share too much just yet, but I'm pretty excited. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, stay tuned. Watch this space. But at the moment, I am just working with people one on one until I can until I have all that mapped out. So yeah, definitely. Like the, I put out so much free content on Instagram. So definitely go and find me there first. I love the work you're doing. I think it's important. So I just pray that your megaphone and your audience gets bigger and bigger and you just continue to fill this space because I think it needs to be filled. And I think you have a beautiful voice in sharing it and just encouraging and empowering these people to really release their emotions and the freedom that comes with that. So thank you for the work that you're doing and man, just keep it up. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content... Your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.